This is the 56th episode of Decoding Fox News, and I am your host, Juliet Jeske. Each week, I watch and analyze 15 hours of Fox News and then break it down. I watch all the Fox News you'd never want to. Now, this past week, this was a thrill ride of sorts. Ron versus Don. Fox News tried to play both sides in the Trump-DeSantis battle. Fox News anchors attempted to please all of their viewers by promoting both Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and former President Donald J. Trump as the savior who would rid the United States of the scourge that is the Biden administration. So this first clip is from The Five. This is Monday. Jesse Waters having basically a meltdown regarding the pending criminal indictment that is Trump is facing in New York City. Yeah, they better not put my president in prison. He represents 74 million Americans. And if he's the nominee, you're putting 74 million votes in prison. And that's how I see it. Really? On a bookkeeping charge. He put a payment to a woman in the legal column. That was in the wrong column. Hillary put the dossier in the same column and she got a fine. Just want to point out that in the United States of America, the way our electoral system is set up, the person who loses an election represents absolutely no one. They represent themselves. That's it. They do not represent anyone. That would be great, though, if in 2016, all the majority of Americans who voted, yeah, she had, she won the popular vote. If the larger amount, the majority of Americans who voted for Hillary Clinton still had a voice in Hillary Clinton. And Hillary Clinton still had influence and power and could actually do things to represent the many millions of people who voted for her. That would have been wonderful. But that's not how our electoral system works. We have something called winner-take-all. And it's one representative per district. And when you win an election, you win the election and the loser gets nothing. It's part of the reason why we have a two-party system. Anyway, here's the rest of the rant. I'll probably break it up again. Mm-hmm. John Edwards used campaign donations to silence a mistress during a campaign. And he beat the rap. He was And he beat the rap. He didn't but even he use campaign funds. It wasn't his money. Somebody actually gave him the and money. It, yeah, this is it's the same exact thing. So Alvin Bragg comes out of nowhere. He they have guys beating the teeth out of Jews. Die, dirty Jew. Kill all the Jews. He had a felony, downgraded it to a misdemeanor. The guy's only in prison for six months. My apologies for that harsh language. I'm not sure what Jesse Waters is talking about there. Um, It was bizarre that he just dropped that in the middle of the rant. Didn't include who, what criminal, who did this? What are you talking about? Could you give us more information other than screaming horrible ethnic slurs and disgusting anti-Semitic remarks? I realize he's not saying that himself. He's taking that out of context. He's he's referring to some other criminal or some case, but we don't know. So that was just very unsettling. And he keeps going. But he wants to put he's emptying the prison. What? To make room for Trump. Right. No one else is getting charged with anything. So you settle a case like this. Anyway, if he's running for president or not, just to protect your family and your reputation, Bragg's under pressure because he's running out of the statute of limitations on the federal side. It's a gain of function prosecution. What on earth is he talking about? 
gain-of-function prosecution. Do you have any concept of what gain-of-function means, Jesse Waters? You do not. You do not. Oh my goodness, this is just... Uh, he goes on. You have a misdemeanor that they're Frankensteining into a felony case <laughs> with a campaign finance violation... And the guy wants to make a name for himself, obviously, because he wants to be the Trump. So I'm going to be the first prosecutor to throw cuffs on Trump. That'll get you elected pretty much governor in the state of New York. That's what he's after. Also, Trump's now rising ahead of DeSantis in a lot of these polls. And a lot of people are terrified of him because if he does become president again, he wants to make peace in Ukraine. He wants to get foul out, Powell out of there as a Fed chair. He wants to close the border down. He's a big threat. So they're trying to take him out now, and they're trying to trigger another January 6th. Yep. Oh, oh, we're going to get Trump in Manhattan. Let's put up a bunch of cops with a bunch of bars around this place. Don't fall for it. Again, my apologies for the use of that harsh language on the part of Jesse Waters. I included it because I wanted to show the full scope of how unhinged he was during that little diatribe, that rant, that meltdown, as it were where he just completely loses it at the prospect that Donald J. Trump might face a criminal indictment in New York City. It was very nutty. In that same show on The Five, and again, this was on Monday, other Fox personalities basically said that this indictment will only help him and make him more popular. What they left out, of course, is that it might make him more popular among his base and among Republicans, but I... I have a feeling that swing voters at this point are completely exhausted with this nonstop drama fest that is Donald J. Trump. Now, normally with the podcast and newsletter, I go over two or three major stories that Fox News covered in the previous week. This week, I'm only going to focus on this Ron versus Don struggle because I think it is so compelling and so interesting. And I think this is only the beginning. Fox could not make up its mind last week of which candidate to fully endorse. And I think they know, I mean, Ron DeSantis is not technically running for president yet. He's the governor of Florida. Only Trump has officially announced that he's running for president. But I think it's generally assumed that Ron DeSantis will throw his hat in the ring. And Fox, I can't see inside their head. I don't know their motivations, but it appeared, and I'm going to lay this out day by day. That was Monday. That's our representative for Monday. We're about to go into Tuesday of how this played out for the week. Now, before we get into the next media clip, I want to do a little bit of housekeeping in that if you are new to the podcast, I have something called a newsletter, which I will be referring to from time to time, which is the written version of the podcast, which includes hyperlinks to any sources you want to look up. People ask me this every single week, which is why I do both. Um, also, if you want to support this podcast before we get to the very end, you can do so at, at Patreon for Decoding Fox News. You can become a paid subscriber at my Substack. Um, both are greatly appreciated. If you want to just help out by telling other people to listen to the podcast, that's also, or sharing the podcast or sharing the newsletter, it's also amazing. And thank you so much. And I want to just say too quickly before we get to the next clip that think of Decoding Fox News as a support group of sorts for friends, families, coworkers, uh, colleagues, neighbors of people who are deeply, deeply entrenched in the Fox News universe. So we're not trying to pull them out of it, but I'm trying to keep you from getting sucked in and from understanding 
for understanding that world a little bit better, for understanding your crazy uncle's rants about Hunter Biden or whatever. Now, before I keep going, very quickly, I should give out a shout out to my sponsor, the Tao Knight Center for News Integrity at the Craig Newmark Graduate School of Journalism at CUNY. And I am a graduate of that program, not a student. I was basically given a grant to cover Fox News, and that's what decoding Fox News is. It's a long story, not worth getting into, but that's who helped pay for this. Um, it's a very, very humble salary. So that was Monday. Uh, the main story being this pending indictment. Now, you're going to notice in the next clip that this is the next day we, go, we move on to Tuesday. And this is Steve Ducey on Fox and Friends, another incredibly popular show on the network. Steve Ducey's been with Fox and Friends forever, like years and years and years. He's one of the original anchors. Now, Steve Ducey is going to read a clip that Donald J. Trump said about Ron DeSantis and then he's going to like rebuke a little bit Trump for saying that. Now this is interesting because why are they talking about Ron DeSantis at all? Like he's not really newsworthy right now. He's kind of done this kind of mini tour around the U.S. to promote his book, which is really to promote probably his candidacy for president. But honestly, why are we bringing this up at all? But so Steve Ducey kind of sort of works this in, makes this swipe at Trump. And uh, that's the beginning, and it's going to get worse. But here you go. Trump, Trump himself went uh, scorched earth on Ron DeSantis. Uh, on Truth Social, Trump wrote, Ron DeSanctimonious will probably find out about false accusations and fake stories sometime in the future as he gets older, wiser, and better known when he's unfairly and illegally attacked by a woman, even classmates that are underage, or possibly a man, I'm sure he will want to fight these misfits just like I do. Apparently, well, Mr. Trump forgot Ronald Reagan's 11th commandment, thou shalt not speak ill of fellow Republicans. <laughs> so there's nothing subtle about that. That is Steve Ducey making a direct criticism of former President Donald J. Trump. Just coming right out and saying it. Now, this is very interesting, too, because why are we bringing up Ron DeSantis? He's not really newsworthy. He's doing this sort of quote-unquote, book tour around the country, which is really more so to test the waters of a possible presidential run. That's what most people think, because it you know, comes out with this kind of fluffy book, like, I'm so great, I'm amazing, buy my book. Oh, by the way, I'm going to brag about all my accomplishments in Florida. Now, this is interesting, too, because I want to add that since I started covering Fox as heavily as I have since February... The network has a tendency to completely ignore any sort of uh, legal problems that Trump is facing, at least in the shows that I watch. Brett Baer might include it on like the legit news show on Fox News. But on Fox and Friends, The Five and the primetime shows, they, they generally ignore. They ignored the Trump organization lawsuit, which Trump organization lost. That was with New York State. It was a tax fraud case. They didn't report on Weisselberg, the CFO of Trump organization, um, pleading guilty. They didn't report on that case really at all. They did report on Mar-a-Lago being searched by the FBI because that was kind of impossible to ignore. But all of these other legal proceedings that Trump has been dealing with, they're either barely mentioned or ignored completely. So I knew something was up when this story about the possible criminal indictment in New York City 
became a major story on Fox News, and it dominated the coverage last week. So that was Tuesday. We get that slight dig from Steve Ducey about, you know, Reagan said, don't pick on other Republicans. By Wednesday, the gloves were off, and Ducey just went straight for far more critical. And again, why are we even bringing up Ron DeSantis? It, technically, he has nothing to do with this story of Trump being criminally indicted in New York City. And I think this is a subtle way of going, of showing viewers like, hey, we've got this one guy that basically craziness and drama always follows. And, you know, there's that governor down in Florida that we all love and we constantly praise on this network. Let's just throw him into the conversation for no reason. So this is more just criticism of Trump. And again, this is Juicy on Wednesday. Fox and Friends. Right. And so here's what's happening. We don't know whether or not Donald Trump's going to get indicted today or not. But one of the things we've seen is with his true social all cap stuff. Uh, and as Mark Meredith uh, depicted it a, a moment ago, it's nonstop. It's reminding a lot of people, particularly the independents, um, about things that Donald Trump did when he was president of the United States. They liked his policy. They just didn't like that angle. And the chaos is coming back. And uh, you got to figure that will take a toll somehow. So I added that little segment to show that it was another clip. But this is just later in the same hour. Um, but notice what he said there. He's saying the all caps, he uses the term chaos. He's basically saying, if we get behind Trump again, it's going to be all of this drama all the time. And and Trump himself ranting and raving on various social media platforms. So this is the second part of the same day on Wednesday on Fox and Friends, also Steve Ducey. This is a big story. Uh, Piers Morgan, our our friend got a great exclusive yesterday with uh, Ron DeSantis and what he does uh, I'm just going to read the headline Ron hits Don he criticizes the president's chaos lack of character and uh, Pierce started by asking about you know the soundbite we played yesterday of Ron DeSantis uh, talking about Donald Trump and his uh, legal problems and that is where Pierce started and got Mr. DeSantis talking about the former president so this is what's really going on here. So earlier in the program, this is just the first hour. So in one hour, we have this segment where Steve Ducey is obviously criticizing Donald J. Trump for being a chaos maker, for being embroiled in all these problems, 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 chaos, literally uses all caps social media, basically, you know, just one of these things that's just constantly sucking the oxygen out of the room, constantly, you know, making himself the center of attention. It's exhausting. Okay, and so then later in the program, same hour, they introduce a interview by Piers Morgan, who also works at Fox News. Piers Morgan is going to interview Ron DeSantis at length. Now, if Ron DeSantis was truly just promoting a book about himself and how great he is in Florida and all that, why on earth is Piers Morgan asking him questions about Trump's legal problems? But that's what he does. And I would have included that, but it's like much too long. But there's a sense of, you know, Ducey's talking about it is enough. Just the fact that we're, we're now bringing Ron DeSantis back into the fray here. We're talking about Trump, but we're talking about Ron DeSantis. And then when we're talking about Ron DeSantis, we're talking about Trump. Fox News is not stupid. They're doing this on purpose. They're putting these two people, pitting them up against each other. Now, before I get into the next clip, 
some backstory on Fox News. One of the things that was that has been revealed in the many legal briefs regarding the defamation suit that was brought against Fox by Dominion Voting Systems. In emails and text messages and other correspondence that's been revealed about Fox News personalities and Fox News executives. Over and over again, we see the pattern of executives and anchors being obsessed with ratings. They have a system. I know that they use it on Tucker Carlson tonight. This was explored at length in the expose that the New York Times did about him. That they watch these shows minute by minute. And they can tell when the audience is excited and getting more into the show and when it drops off. And one of the things that they discovered in the Dominion uh, voting systems lawsuit is that audiences on Fox loved stories about election denialism. And so election denialism pleased the audience. So Fox News, even though many of these people have said under oath in various depositions or there have been other evidence revealed in text messages or emails that they did not believe the election lies, the network made the decision to promote them anyway because they knew it was good for ratings. Now, I bring this up because I kind of wonder why by Thursday, that's the next clip I'm going to play, the network started to shift away from Ron DeSantis and towards Trump. And I don't know. I don't have access to the data at Fox News with ratings, but I kind of suspect they may have seen that the audience was tipping towards Trump. So Fox being Fox is going to start pushing Trump rather than Ron DeSantis. Now, this next clip are three people, the three main anchors on Fox and Friends, discussing the grand jury. Now, before I play this clip, I had a long discussion with my sister, who is a criminal defense attorney, about how grand juries work. One thing that I thought very bizarre about this clip is how they talk about the grand jury. Grand juries are not public. The press is not allowed in. So there's no reporter sitting there taking notes. There's no camera documenting anything. That's not how grand juries are done. And so remember that as we're about to hear this clip, what the, how they talk about this grand jury. Because what they are saying is, in my humble opinion complete speculation. They would have no way of knowing anything they're about to say here. And again, this is the pivot that's starting to move back towards Trump's direction. What about the fact that he might not have reimbursed him for the money? He might not have reimbursed Michael Cohen for the money. What about the fact that Robert Costello evidently got into the head of a lot of grand juries, according to those reports, and gave them another side of the story that Michael Cohen's out of his mind and that he's a liar. Because he was helping Michael Cohen. Yeah, because Michael Cohen said, I never gave him attorney-client privilege. I never released him from it. And they produced a letter that says, yes, he did. Here's his signature. And if he says that in front of a grand jury, it's going to be tough getting a majority with the former president. And the Daily Mail has a 2018 letter, according to the newspaper, that he gave to the federal authorities. It was from Michael Cohen. It says Trump did not reimburse 
him or his organization for hush money payments to Stormy Daniels. Um, this contradicts what he said in front of the grand jury. You know, he has been proven to be a liar. He it's went to prison. Disaster. And Trump says he, according to sources to The Guardian, he says he wants to be hauled off into court into handcuffs. Did you right. see the front cover of the post? It I has can't the handcuffs. It. I can't believe that. Right. Yeah. And he'd prefer to make it a spectacle. So far, he's raised $1.3 million over the last three days since, since this since has been announced. talked about. Yeah. So that's a fairly stark difference from Wednesday. So Wednesday, you had Ducey openly criticizing Trump. Then they feature this extended interview with Ron DeSantis. And in the interview, they bring up Trump's many legal problems, which is kind of bizarre when you think about it. Now, the next day, 24 hours later, they're making broad speculations about the grand jury that they would have no way of knowing. Like that Brian Kilmeade comment about getting inside the jury's head, and now they're not sure. There were other comments. I couldn't fit them all in. But they basically just kept making these assumptions just based on nothing about a grand jury. Grant, I had a long talk with my sister, who is a criminal defense attorney. I wanted to have her on as a guest. I couldn't figure out with my schedule how to, to make that happen. Might happen in a future episode. Uh, how a grand jury works, basically. And they're basically a fact-finding mission by the state to see if they have enough to take a case to trial or to see if they can criminally indict a person based on evidence. So what they do is they have the jury come in and they present evidence to the jury. And the bar for a grand jury is much lower than it would be for an actual criminal trial. So the jury's not deciding if Trump is guilty or not. They're just deciding if New York has enough evidence to take this case to trial. It could go either way. Who knows? But the press is not allowed in. There's no, uh, there might be a transcript that's available, but it won't be until after it's over. It certainly wouldn't be available now. And as far as like sources are concerned, the only thing that Fox would really have going for it, because there's no way they have a member, a source within the jury. That's, I, there's, I, no, absolutely not. What they might have is someone who works at the courthouse who's heard buzz and they would have Costello, who was a defense witness who, te who just testified in front of the grand jury last week. Costello was also Rudy Giuliani's lawyer. So that gives you a good idea of his credentials. And he apparently in the Mueller report, it was brought out that he was trying to offer a pardon from Trump to Michael Cohen. Like, here, we'll give you a pardon if you just play ball with us. That came out in the Mueller report. So that's Costello. Anybody who's like a lawyer for Rudy Giuliani already should raise some eyebrows. Um, but Fox is presenting him as this, like, savior who's going to change the grand jury's mind, point of view, and you know, get the whole case tossed out. Uh, they have zero proof of that. Now, we move on to our final clip of the week, which would be... Laura Ingram. And this was ja my jaw dropped <laughs> because you talk about a strong pivot. Ron DeSantis, who? Who's that? Is that some dude in Florida? This is how she started her program on Friday. I cut it up. It was eight and a half minutes long. I took out all the media clips and some of the examples and some of she would go like through lists. This is just the pure essence of this eight and a half minute long, uh, the angle, that's what she calls her monologues, just framing it about Trump. It's about a minute and a half. Here we go. 
A week like this, with so many of the world's events having turned against us, we once again arrive at the conclusion that, yes, Trump was right. Now, remember, from the very first months of his presidency, he challenged the stale old status quo. You know that status quo where America carried the lion's share of the security burden for Europe? Now, he made it clear that the days were over when the United Nations and other foreign countries could just run roughshod over America's interests. But it infuriated our sanctimonious scribblers to no end. Trump's takedown of their sacred cow, the rules-based international order, that thing wasn't just wrong, the order. What he said about it was dangerous. In the end, this is why realism and America first nationalism must come to define the Republican Party going forward. The idea that somehow the U.S. is going to be safer and more stable if it abides by these so-called global norms, this has always been fantasy land stuff. Trump knew this instinctively. And the angle, frankly, is thrilled that this idea of a so-called rules-based international order is collapsing before our eyes. That's in America's best interest. The Rep- now, by stark contrast of that eight-and-a-half-minute monologue where she Trump is right, Trump, 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 on Monday, part of her opening monologue included campaign advice for both. Ron DeSantis and Donald J. Trump. And she actually talked to Ron DeSantis longer. She dressed him for a longer period of time. And for Trump, and then this is irony. This irony is very, very rich and deep here. She advised Trump to stop talking about election denialism. I, I mean, you cannot make this up. <laughs> that is exactly what... Uh, Fox News is being sued for for $1.6 billion by Dominion Voting Systems. And now here she is going, yeah, you might want to like cut down. I'll do my my Laura Ingram. <laughs> I can't really do a very good Laura Ingram. My Laura Ingram's not that great. Because um, her voice is like, you know, like here, slow. She's very smug. She feel, you, you feel like she's going to like stab a pillow at any moment. Just stab a pillow with an ice pick. You know, for for fun, for fun. I'm not saying she'd use violence against another human being. I'm just saying an object, an inanimate object. I could see her breaking it just by looking at it, really, just by staring at it and going, <laughs> you just crush like a lamp, like like my cat Thor. He's very small, but he broke a lamp last week, and I could just see her just staring at a lamp and saying, "You liberal scum!" And then the lamp just, I could see it happening. Crystal lamp just breaking. Sound of her voice. That Laura Ingram. <laughs> she haunts my dreams. Um, but yeah, that was the week in Fox. This crazy back and forth between DeSantis and Trump. DeSantis and Trump. DeSantis and Trump. And Trump loved that little speech of um, the eight and a half minute segment by Laura Ingram so much that he included it he mentioned it in his Waco speech uh, on Saturday. I also want to add that he also called out Fox News personalities by name, Tucker, Hannity, and Laura Ingram, and he just said Jesse. Never says Jesse's last name, but whatever. But I thought that was interesting because also that's kind of a, a, a play by Trump to kind of ingratiate himself back 
with Fox News because he's gone back and forth with the network. He goes back to praising them to trashing them. There's actually somebody did an entire analysis of his Twitter feed and how it sort of disintegrated over the years. And then he'd start sucking up to One America News Network and Newsmax and the whole nine yards. So, yeah, lots of drama. Lots of drama. Our next section in the podcast, and this is a doozy every week, is every week I compare 15 hours of Fox News to five hours of the PBS NewsHour. And I do this because PBS is a nonpartisan, high-quality news source. And um, they include many, many stories that Fox simply does not report on. So this is that list of stories that were on PBS that were not on Fox. It's never short. It's a little bit better than last week. Here we go. The Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, IPCC, at the UN issued a report warning governments that if more isn't done to reduce climate change, the Earth could pass a dangerous threshold that could harm millions and irreparably change life on Earth. A new report by the World Health Organization estimated as many as 43,000 people died due to the longest drought on record in Somalia. Ben Barnes, a prominent Democratic politician during the Carter administration, has alleged that Ronald Reagan's campaign worked to prevent the U.S. hostages from being freed before Election Day in 1981 to hurt President Jimmy Carter's chances of being reelected. The U.S. determined that all sides committed war crimes in the internal conflict in the Tigray region and surrounding areas of Ethiopia. French President Emmanuel Macron survived a no-confidence vote after he bypassed Parliament to raise the retirement age from 62 to 64. Protests, rallies, and strikes continued throughout the country regarding the change. Israel's finance minister said, There's no such thing as a Palestinian people during a speech in Paris. His remark drew widespread international criticism. Nationwide protests against Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's changes to the Supreme Court also continued last week. PBS produced several segments marking the 20th anniversary of the Iraq War. Four members of the Oath Keepers militia were convicted of obstruction of Congress and conspiracy for the roles in the January 6th riot on the U.S. Capitol. A U.N. investigation found that the Belarusian government continues to crack down on political opponents, civil society, journalists, and lawyers, and has weakened the fundamental human rights of tens of thousands. A United Nations human rights monitoring mission recorded human rights violations and war crimes on both sides of the conflict in Ukraine, especially in terms of the treatment of prisoners of war. Japanese Prime Minister Fuma Kishida met with Ukraine's President Vladimir Zelensky in Kiev. Kashida offered his continued support for Ukraine. South Korea continued military drills in conjunction with the United States amid increased tensions with North Korea. The office of Taiwan President Tsai Ing-wen has revealed she will make unofficial stops in the United States as she travels to visit Guatemala and Belize. The EU agreed to send Ukraine 1 million artillery shells over the next 12 months to help it beat back the Russian invasion. Shares of First Republic Bank crashed more than 46% last Monday. Trading was stopped several times to prevent a complete collapse of the stock. 
Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen said in a statement to the Congressional Appropriations Committee that the banking industry is stable and all deposits have been covered. She also said additional rescue arrangements could be warranted if any new failures pose a risk to financial stability. Amazon announced more layoffs. The company is expected to cut another 9,000 jobs. The tech consulting firm Accenture announced it would be cutting 19,000 jobs or 2.5% of its workforce. Paul Rusabagina, a hotel owner who helped save the lives of more than 1,000 people from Hutu death squads during a civil conflict in Rwanda, was released from prison last week. The Rwandan government commuted his sentence of 25 years on terrorism charges. He was sentenced in 2021. His story was the inspiration for the film Hotel Rwanda. According to the World Health Organization, the death toll from the deadly tropical cyclone Freddy surpassed 600 in Southern Africa. According to the Anti-Defamation League's anti-Semitic incidents increased 36% last year. It was the highest year on record for the organization that started tracking anti-Semitism in 1979. Kentucky Governor Andy Bashir vetoed an anti-trans bill that would have banned gender-affirming care, restricted bathrooms, and barred the discussion of sexual orientation and gender identity in schools. The Kentucky legislature could have enough votes to override the veto. The state of Georgia banned most gender-affirming care for minors. The CDC cited an uptick in children with autism spectrum disorder. Experts don't think it shows an actual increase in autism, just an improvement in diagnosing it, especially among Black and Latino children. Gang violence has cost the lives of 187 Haitians from late February to early March. The country remains in a state of lawless chaos since the assassination of the Haitian president in July 2021. The White House held the National Medal of the Arts ceremony. Bruce Springsteen and Gladys Knights were among those honored. During its spring training games, Major League Baseball rolled out new changes, such as larger bases and a pitching clock intended to make the game more exciting. The FAA issued safety alerts to pilots and airlines after several near-miss incidents. Three workers face murder charges in the smothering desk of Iro Intino. New video evidence was released from the mental health facility where he died after being restrained by staff members. He was only 28 years old. The Biden administration is planning an overhaul of the organ transplant system that should help more patients receive donated organs. Willis Reed, NBA Hall of Fame player for the champion New York City Knicks, died at the age of 80. So all of those stories, every single one of them was not mentioned on Fox News, some of which would have been very interesting to their viewers, especially since some of it overlaps with other stories that they talked about. Now, the next section is by the numbers, where I compare the top five topics uh, explored both on Fox News and PBS, and we sort of see where they're at. Um, Fox News, we had five this week, and they were Trump possible indictment took up 16% of its airtime. That's a lot. Uh, The possible ban of TikTok was 9%. Hunter Biden, 5%, because I know we're all waiting for that one. That's sarcasm. The Parents' Bill of Rights, 3%. Diversity, Equity, Inclusion, also 3%. PBS NewsHour also included Artist Profiles, which is a staple for the network. 
they just will feature a dancer, a, a poet, a painter, whatever, even writers in some cases. The 20th anniversary of the Iraq War, which was an excellent segment. Uh, it was a series of segments, actually, uh, last week that explored all these different aspects of the damage the war caused and changes to the region because of the war. I highly recommend it. They also included 7% of the parents' uh, rights bill. TikTok possible ban took up 5%. The death of that man in the mental institution, he was smothered to death, Ivito Intino. I'm totally not pronouncing it correctly. Ah, I, I practiced. That one was hard. China and Russia meeting also took up 4% of PBS. Um, I think the, the most interesting between the two networks uh, was the parental rights bill. Now, on Fox, they just showed it purely as these parents are abused by these horrible school systems and they need a bill of rights to help them learn more about what their school districts are doing for their kids and all that. PBS had a showed both sides of the argument and that they showed people who are very, very much pro the parents bill of rights. And then they also, which is a bill that's that just passed in Congress that probably won't survive the Senate. But uh, PBS also showed people who were in opposition of this bill. And they noted in great detail that most of the people who were pushing for the bill were white. And most of the people who were against the bill were people of color. And that was very interesting. Uh, the people who were people of color had some great insight uh, on the bill. And they basically said, look, we need to just focus on reading and writing. Like the fact that many of these schools are failing in basic skills. And you're talking about having parents look at curriculum and scream about books and scream about, um, you know, wanting to get rid of a principal or whatever. We need to get back to basics at this point. And, and some of this stuff is a little, um, you know, just seems kind of useless. And it also was very interesting because Fox acts like race has nothing to do with the parents' bill of rights and according to PBS and the ex many experts they talked to, they talked to a lot of people. Fox didn't talk to anybody. Fox talked to, I think they had like one parent on. That was it. I don't remember much of anything, whereas PBS had one of their great segments where they had experts from both sides. They had parents from both sides. And they went in great detail and depth into the story, which is how you should do it, quite frankly. Um, and Fox was just like, it's a great bill, you know, blah, blah, blah. So words used on Fox for the week was the last graph, and that was stunning. It's not normally this dramatic. Trump, the word Trump, was used 291 times last week, which is staggering. He's normally around 40. Biden, he beat Biden. Biden was only uttered 216 times. That's very unusual. Biden usually takes that top slot. China, 185 times. Parents, 80. Russia, 70 Crime 67, woke 55, DeSantis only 48. So look at that. Trump 29, 291 times, uh, DeSantis 48 times. Ukraine 44, border 34, TikTok 33, inflation 27, Iran 23, Hunter 22. Um, both PBS and Fox, I would add, about TikTok, uh, wasn't similar coverage, but they both kind of presented it as like, there's problems here, there's PBS showed, I think, a few more of the positives. I wouldn't say either network was really advocating for TikTok. Not at all. It was more about just exploring how Congress is going to deal with this and the various legal issues with removing a company from the United States, if that happens, and how TikTok works in the whole nine yards. But I wouldn't say either network was like, 
rah, rah, TikTok. Not at all. So uh, next week, I'll be covering this week, actually, Fox and Friends, The Five, and Jesse Waters' Primetime. I'm also going to be on a podcast with Aaron Rupar, who does very similar work that I do, but not quite the same. I'm very excited about that. I'm extremely exhausted. This is late because I lost my CPA and had to scramble to find a new one and had to throw my taxes together at the last minute. And I am exhausted and just, I yeah, I all the time I have normally that I work on my podcast on the weekend was just sucked up by my taxes. So I'm a little late. Um, but thank you so much for supporting the podcast. The cats, thank you, Odin and Thor. If you want to support the podcast, you can go to my Patreon for Decoding Fox News. You can also become a paid subscriber. And I will see you at the next podcast. This week looks exciting. Thank you so much. <laughs>